Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast. I'm your host, Christine LaPerriere, president of Leader in Motion. On this show, we're going to gossip about the best boss you ever had. We're going to hear stories about things that they did that helped you feel valued, helped you feel engaged, and really inspired you. We want to hear about the bosses that changed the way you look at everything. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip. Today, I am so excited to have James on the show. He reached out to the show and had some really inspiring ideas of who his best boss was, best bosses. And so today I'm going to be here to interview James. James, welcome and please introduce yourself. Christine, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. My name is James Vasquez for our listeners out there. I'm an entrepreneur. I own several businesses, one of which is called Learn How to Start a Business, where I train and educate people how to start their own business. So for me, your show is perfect because I'm an educator at heart, and I have learned so much from previous bosses that I felt compelled to reach out to you. So thank you for having me. That's amazing. See, these are really fun because... Again, they're not a setup, right? We we don't know each other, so we're getting a chance to have this perfect conversation that I love. I always say it's my favorite airport conversation. You know, you're sitting there waiting for your plane and you say, you know, who is your best boss? <laughs> tell me about them. So, <laughs> so with that, I'm going to dive right in and I'm going to say, tell us about those best boss or best bosses that inspired you to reach out. Sure, Christine. And, you know, it's so funny you say that about airport conversations and so forth, because I think that this subject matter is something that we all could relate to in some way or another. I mean, we've all had bosses in the past, some great, some not so great. Right, right. <laughs> so for me, I feel that I wanted to reach out to you only because I've had both experiences. And I had one thing is the huge takeaway that I've had is that you can learn something from a bad boss almost as much as you can learn something from a really good boss. So that was something I wanted to reach out to you for. I just like to kind of tell it as it is, you know, as we were talking, I'm from Brooklyn, I'm born in New York, I'm a New Yorker. So, you know, I I just like to tell it straight, I don't like to hold anything back. So that was really what I wanted to reach out to the show for. And for me, I've actually been able to identify at least two key bosses, if you will, in my career that have helped, I guess, formulate my way of thinking, my actions, my behaviors, and so forth. And I think for me, at least, Christine, the way I've identified what, in essence, makes a quality or or, or a good boss or even just some type of leader is, number one, they should have effective communication. I believe that you really, right? You really need to be able to effectively listen and be able to communicate to your employees, to your fellow staff members, or whoever it is, just to provide clear instruction. You have to really be able to understand their needs and concerns. So I really believe that's one of the top for me. You also have to have the, I guess, empathy. You have to be able to really have that ability to understand and manage to be able to respond to your team, to your people. Uh, Because at the end of the day, we are all humans and we all need to be able to understand that. And that's what we always have to maintain in terms of our communication, at least, again, the way I, I see it. And lastly, you really have to be fair. You have to have fairness. You have to be have a high-level integrity uh, because at the end of the day, you're making decisions that impact other people's lives, the business that you're running or the business that you're working for. And you really 
have to have your team or your people confiding you because at the end of the day, everything is about teamwork and a leader or a boss is just kind of the figurehead or the person responsible for getting things done. So I think those three, in my opinion, are what identifies a quality leader. So I have two of which I found in my thought processes as I was preparing for the show or actually when I reached out to you. And coincidentally, they were both actually at the same company that I worked at, just at two different segments of my career. And we're going back a few years. So the company was a a manufacturer of entertainment and consumer goods products, including confections. That was the category of of company. They were a big company. They had, geez, I, I don't even know how many employees, to be honest with you, but they were doing about 500 million in sales. So they were not a small company. They have uh, world-recognized brands and so forth. So the position that I worked with this first boss that I'll mention was I was literally her second in command. So she ran the entire department and it was me and her. And then we grew together organically the department. So I was involved in a lot of the decision-making. I was involved in a lot of the hiring and so forth. But essentially, she was the boss and she was hired to do such. So one of the things that I like to say, and again, given my three qualities, she was a horrible communicator. (laughs) She was brilliant. Don't get me wrong, Christine. She was, I mean, literally like off the charts in terms of intelligence. I I can't even remember what her IQ was, but I will tell you, it was she was an avid reader. She would read almost a book a day. I mean, she was off the charts smart. And I think that was a detriment because she felt everyone else should be at that level. So her communication, and that's where the disconnect was. And I like to study people and how they act and so forth. Uh, So for me, it was very interesting to learn more about her and her background and like how she came about because she had very clear ideas of what it meant to her to be in charge. And a lot of it was from her upbringing. I mean, all of us are impacted by that in some way, shape, or form, her to a very high level. And her intelligence was such that she didn't leave anything almost to anyone to assume. She, But she didn't clearly communicate it. So for me, the the first step was she wasn't a clear communicator. So can you just tell me real specifically, what can you can remember about? Absolutely, Christine. There were several occurrences. So one of such was we had to manage the marketing department as well as the creative development for the particular brands to be able to get them into the marketplace. So one of the things that we had met with one of the marketing leaders was to be able to communicate on package what the uh, unique selling proposition was and what would make it so that a consumer would be able to instantly pick it up on shelf because it was an impulse purchase. It was at the checkout in the supermarkets and so forth. So she went in and she didn't explain specifically anything that was what the marketing leader said. What I heard, which was what he said specifically, was about the color scheme. He said the color scheme should be red and yellow. He said the price point is 97 cents. He said, I want to unpack. I want it to really be clear to the consumer what the price point is. He also said the flavor name has to be something very key because I want them to know what they're purchasing, what the flavor is, and I want them to be able to readily find it. These are all the things that I remember. I was in the meeting with her. 
when she went back to our team and we had a team of graphic designers and we had a team of production artists, she kind of went back and just mentioned to them the, the top line, we need a pack that's going to stand out at retail. That's all she said to them. And I said, well, we, we have a little more direction than just that. And she said, well, they should figure that out. And that was not fair to me in terms of thinking, well, where we know the information, why aren't we just stating it rather than having a team spend time and invest resources and money to do something where they may not hit the mark? So that was a point where I, I just saw that she, in her head, she knew what they were looking for. So then, Christine, fast forward after they uh, followed through with what her directives were, they missed right. the mark. Of course they did. Clearly they missed they the didn't mark. know red and yellow. They, they didn't know pricing. Yep. A hundred percent. So their perception of what was the objectives based on what she gave them wasn't, in fact, what the marketing leader said. So we wound up failing at that. We had to go su subsequent rounds and so forth. So for me, I, I felt that, okay, communication is absolutely an abundantly important subject to be sure in a leader that you are. Now, what is funny, Christine, with that same boss of mine, I did learn something positive in the communication realm. So with her, she was poor at communicating verbally in person to people. But she, like, remember, I told you she was brilliant. She's very smart. But on the other side of the coin, she was a masterful communicator with the written word. She remembers she read a lot, so she knew how to communicate effectively in emails. And she used it as a CYA. I don't know if you know what CYA is. Can I say that for our listeners? Yeah, please. So CYA is cover your oh, ass. Of course. Yeah, okay, now I got gotcha. you. <laughs> we all know what that is. <laughs> so yep. what I've learned, and keep in mind, I, I worked with her many, many years ago. I was very young in my career. So I learned this from her too, in that if somebody said they were going to do something, approve something or so forth, she never took their word for it. She always wrote an email you know, dear so-and-so, based on our conversation, you said you would have approvals on this date, blah, 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 all, and she would continue to go that way. And she copied everybody on the email. It wasn't just like that person's boss. It was the entire, pretty much the entire company. So I, I learned several things from that. Number one, CY is very important, especially in corporate America. Uh, number two, she was coming up in a company that was male-dominated. And she was a high-level employee in this role. So I understood why she was doing it, because it was so easy for others to point the finger. And again, it was a male-dominated old boys club. You know, it was an older company. So I saw how she was doing this. She was a trailblazer. And I really respected her for that, because I saw how she was able to effectively communicate. Her boss, which was my boss boss, loved her. Because he didn't have to do anything to get her where he wanted her to be. It was less work for him. So he was cool with it. But, but I learned that you have to effectively communicate and make sure that you're hitting the targets that you're looking to uh, achieve. So that was a positive thing that I've learned with her. And when I define our three topics that I, I mentioned that I feel make a good leader, I also feel that you can learn positively and negatively from that. So that was a positive that I learned from her. Uh, one other thing that I would like to point out that I've learned from her was 
again, her ineffectiveness of her communicating with staff was also a result of managing her stress levels. Now, you and I know people handle stress and amass in many different ways. And I'm not here to say that I'm an excellent manager of stress. I'm just saying I know that there are so many ways to manage it. And I think we could agree there are certain ways that probably aren't productive. And she chose that route. For example, we would come out of a major meeting with the top level directors. And maybe it was announcing a new product. Maybe it was uh, doing something that required a short amount of time. And they wanted it to be done completely in, in a vacuum time frame that is maybe a little unachievable, but nonetheless, it's your job. We got to get it done. She would come out of that meeting, get the staff together, and literally yell at them. I'm talking like a yell as if you're reprimanding a child and saying, you better do this. You, you're talking to grown professionals in an industry that this is what they were hired for. And she treated, yeah, she beat them up literally. And then this was the best part. Then she would turn to me and say, okay, let's go to lunch. What do you feel like having for lunch? <laughs> and I looked at her like, she, you're bipolar. I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she literally went, oh, something. <laughs> so, but, actually, you know, I'm just going to kind of pause there for a second. So as soon as you say you have somebody with an extraordinary amount of IQ, sounds like failing a bit on the EQ. But what I like is you're sharing kind of the strengths and what you learned from the strengths and the weaknesses and what you learned from the weaknesses. It just, it, it's interesting to me because it does raise that question of, is it smart for employees to really understand how to see what the best attributes are of this boss and to forgive a little bit of the, the not best, right? Because sometimes we put people on a pedestal that they can't ever reach. So, you know, your point is extremely well taken. And for me, this was a constant conversation that other employees would have with me. They always would come to me and they're like, James, how do you manage her so well? How come she never lashes out at you? All these things that would come to me. And then they were like, I was the golden child, which I was yelled at a few times, but I would let her know that it was unacceptable. And I would take her aside. I never did it in public. I would ask to speak to her in her office and I would throw it back at her and say, you know, I just want to let you know, I fully understand the goals that you need me to achieve. However, I don't appreciate the way you delivered them. And maybe that wasn't your intent, but I want to let you know the way it was received and the way you did it in public may have not been the best choice for me. And I'm just letting you know, because you may not see it that way. So I had a lot of conversations to kind of let her know I'm not going to take that. Uh, and the other thing that, to your your point, I've I've done that with other people, not just my boss, but colleagues of mine, I would learn what makes them tick. Why do they respond a certain way? You know, the old adage, oh, everybody's motivated by money. That's not true. That's not true at all. You know, there are many reasons why people do tasks. There are many reasons why people don't want to do tasks. So for me, I do learn a lot about the person, the people, the team, the clients I'm working with, because all of that it plays such a key role. Like I said earlier, we're all humans until AI takes over the world. Yeah, you know, right yeah. now, we <laughs> right are now we're all still humans. all humans. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that that's really the important thing that I take away from her all the time. I always remember, and with that situation about the staff meetings, I've had companies where I've had uh, multiple people on my staff and I've been put in very stressful situations. And I've learned to take a breath, recompose myself before I speak to anybody. And then I would gather the team together, let them know what the subject was about and explain to them what it was. And I would side with them saying, okay, I know that what we're being asked is maybe something that's going to be very tough to deliver, but I'm here to help you in any way I can, but we need to be able to put forth our best effort and achieve the challenges. So it's definitely something that I've learned. And I would have conversations with her, Christine, where I used to tell her, you need to see a therapist. And she would laugh at me. She'd be like, oh, you're so funny. I said, no, I'm being serious. And then she <laughs> would say to me, why do I need a therapist? I have you. And she would talk to me. As no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm not a professional. I said, yeah, we could talk and we could share information. But I said, you know, there's things that you need to work on. And I'm happy to say that when I did speak with her and when I did explain how maybe she didn't see it through the lens of the people receiving it, she was softer at times, not always, but it did impact uh, her in a way. So we had a really good collaboration. I mean, in terms of that development of that company, we really escalated it. It was the best run department. Fantastic. So she actually wound up leaving the company for a lot of different reasons. We were being taken over to the public and so forth. So I wound up running the entire division my own, which was to the relief of so many people only because they know how she was so hard. Uh, but I'll tell you, Christine, as as much as I'm, I'm not going to be that person that yells at you, I get what I want because I'm very direct and I like to be able to work with people who are competent. And I, I made sure I worked with the people that weren't, the ones that weren't, I let go. And that's how I've been in my career. That's how I am today with my companies. And so one of the other bosses that I can share with you at that same company, and this is something where this, this gentleman was well-liked throughout the organization. He rapidly accelerated through the ranks, through his his merit, because he was an achiever. He went to bad. He was not one of these person that would say, that's not my job. He did whatever it took. And I respected him because he would understand if I needed his review or approval on something by a certain date and time. He would ask me, he'd say, James, I can't get to until tomorrow. Is that okay? What time tomorrow can I give you to approve that so that you can get what you need done? He understood the big picture. And that was something in a small nugget I took away where today I still do this, where I tell people I need this back by this day, this time because of him. Because I think people don't realize that, that you think you, you know when you need it back by, you know, in order to take that next step. Right. But you don't tell people if you don't tell people, they don't know. So I make them aware of it. They may not need to understand the entire process, but at least if you explain, I need this back by this time, this day, you gave them the time and date so they could be held accountable. And again, if you're dealing with the right professional. So now this is the biggest thing that in terms of, remember I outlined in terms of being a leader, one of the top things that I say is fairness and integrity. Now this is an example of extreme integrity. So one of the clients that we had as a business to this company is the small company. You might have heard of them. They're called Walmart. 
So <laughs> yes. Wal- so so probably an important it, customer. <laughs> yeah. In any business today, Walmart, no matter who you are, is still a very large company to anybody. And this company was no different. Any order from Walmart was a minimum of a million dollars. Not even kidding. If they call, everybody would run and, and do whatever it took. So we had this opportunity with Walmart to put in our product in a display tray, and it was going to be what's called an end cap. And for people who don't know, an end cap is when you're walking up and down the aisles, you have your product displayed and is very prominently displayed. It's usually pushed with a lot of marketing and advertising. So we had this opportunity. So for us, we were able to create the artwork in-house, you know, manufacture it. We manufacture it in the States, so it was easy for us to do. So we were able to do this, but throughout that process, there's a lot of approvals that were needed. And my boss was one of the final stops and he approved the price point of 49 cents for the product, which was to be prominently printed on the tray because it was this promotion an in and out promotion, meaning it was going to drop for the store. It's going to be in for a very short time and come out, but it was like a million dollar order. So that price was a retail price, 49 cents. Okay. So it went to market, printed, it was displayed. And then all of a sudden we got all these phone calls and my boss came up to me. He's like, James, he's like, who approved the 49 cents a price point? And I said, well, you did. And then it went through other channels. And then he said, can you pull the job jacket so I could see the history? So I did. And we went through every department, legal, everything. And it was even on the materials that, you have to follow to be able to produce the item, everything. And it was on there. And it was the wrong price point. It was supposed to be 88 cents. So you're looking, yes, at 50% off of the retail margin. So the CEO is obviously completely involved in this, looking to find out who approved this. So he said, my name's on this, so I'm going to say I approve this. And he literally took all the blame, despite there being like 12 other people that could have caught it, that should have caught it. He didn't care. He said, it's under me. I'm going to tell him that I approved it. And he did. He knew that he could lose his job. I mean, it was over a million dollar order. And he went to the CEO and he talked to them and he expressed to them that this was something that I approved. And he took the fall for it, took the blame for it. The company lost a lot of money. And he was just, for me, that show, the highest form of integrity has stood by me forever, even till this day. And I just remember, he was shocked because he, he was, I can't believe I approved it too. But at the end of the day, he took the fall and he said, I'm just doing what's right because I don't want anyone else to lose their job. He said, if I lose my job, I'll deal with it. He didn't lose his job. Uh, about a year later, he was actually promoted. And I think a lot of it had to do with his integrity and his uh, well-being within the company. But for me, Christine, when you talk about best bosses, I don't know of another characteristic that would really shine more than that. Because in corporate America, a lot of times you're always looking out for your job and you're always wondering, you know, uh, about that covering your ass. Like we talked covering about Covering your earlier. ass, right. And he did completely the opposite. Okay. So because I coach about a hundred professionals a year, I hear so many cover your ass stories and so many times when people are terrified of blame 
and they're so scared of who's going to take the fall. And I just think, why did we make the environment like that? Right. Like, you know, because it is true that if a team plays a game, like it's likely one person's going to drop the ball and it's going to suck, you know? And so, (laughs) but when do you like, when do you just stand up for the fact that like, yeah, I made a mistake. You know, I think that we haven't created cultures that permit you to make a mistake. And I love that he just stood up for it. And all of a sudden you have a culture that says, sometimes we mess up and we're, we're not going to take it lightly, but we're also not going to say that it's a culture where you can't ever have a mess up. <laughs> oh, you're 100% right, Christine. And today, like I said, a lot of the times, like you, I do coaching and mentoring and so forth and establishing businesses. And one of the things that I talk a lot about is mindset and also establishing your culture as to what you want your business to be. Because at the end of the day, that resonated with me so much so throughout my career. And I've t- taken stand for other people. I've taken the responsibility. I've lost money because of it. But at the end, I felt so much better knowing that I was able to take the responsibility and be able to not put point the finger like so many other people like to do. So I think it's extremely important, just like you said, developing that culture and that acceptance to understand at the end of the day, we are all human and we have to understand that. And you're going to have a bad day at times. And sometimes a bad day, bad things happen and mistakes happen. They're going to happen. We just have to be able to learn from them. And then there might be something in the system faltering when a mistake like that happens so that you could review where you have opportunities to be able to grow from it. Well, and I have a thing when I'm working a lot of the times with leaders where I'll talk about, let's, if something big fails, let's look at the process and not the people. Because at the end of the day, like people don't typically, people don't go to work looking to mess up, right? People don't go to work looking to lose a million dollars worth of, you know, profit on a product, right? So it just tells me that there was, if you actually take the energy off the people and you go, okay, let's look to the process. What happened here? How did eight people sign off on this? You know, so what was the process? So you could even go back and go, okay, well, how were they able to know whether or not it was the right price when they got the information, you know, so you could, you could look at that, but then take the onus off. But because this person demonstrates that extreme integrity, there's a conversation that can be had about that. Whereas like, if, if we're just going to shoot the person that we blame and fire them and package the, you know, off they go, we don't set the culture up for analyzing a process. We don't set the culture up for permission to make a mistake. You know what I mean? And now your cover your ass processes become, you know, where you spend 50% of your time. You you know what? You're hundred percent right. And then whatever that is, you'll find people taking more time to do things and they may not be doing it right, but they want to make sure that the process doesn't stop with them uh, because they want to cover their ass and they want to make sure that they, so there are, you're hundred percent right. And it was due to the process and the system. So I'm happy the way he resolved it. He went on to do great things. He wound up becoming a really high profile uh, 
person in the company. Subsequently, he wound up leaving to start his own company. So he did just wonderful things. I'm still in touch with him at times, and we share information. I always uh, remind him of that story. He actually forgot about it. So for me, uh, I feel good when I share it with him and, and mention it to him that it's just stayed with me for a long time. You know, what's cool about that is that's probably just him being him. So he didn't think of it. You know, he doesn't. That's even probably a more of a testament to who he is, because he didn't think of it as him being bold or courageous. He was just being who he is. And so you reminding him, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, like because it for him, it was just another day at work doing the right thing. You know, you know, what, Christy, you're 100 percent right. That's how he was. That's who he was. So. And it was it was very stressful. The entire company is very stressed during that moment uh, and those weeks <laughs> leading up to that product launch. But uh, at the end of the day, it was it actually wound up really becoming a success, to be honest with you, also, uh, where I guess it encouraged more consumer trial because of the lower price point, uh, which obviously that was not the goal. <laughs> but uh Having a new product in Walmart at a price that was like almost a no-brainer for the consumer to try, I wound up to have sales skyrocketed. Now I don't remember if at this point if we profited. Uh, I remember we lost a lot, but I don't know where it netted out in the long run. Uh, but that that brand today is is almost the number one selling brand at that company. Interesting. That's so cool. Like I said, I love these stories. So. I know you also talked about empathy as one of your really important attributes of a leader. Any interesting stories or tidbits where you were able to see that? So for me, empathy, I actually hadn't had any bosses who really displayed the empathy that I talked about. That actually comes more from myself, believe it or not. I had a situation where I was in charge. So it was at that particular company. Actually, no, it was at a different company, but I had people report directly to me and I was responsible. And I had this one new hire and came on the job uh, like, you know, the top guy, like, you know, you wanted this person to be on your team. And that's how he sold himself. That's how he presented himself. So I was anxious and excited to have him. And then for whatever reason, within the first couple of weeks, that flame kind of fizzled out. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this guy. And then I noticed that in, in our meetings, he was falling asleep. And I was like, what's going on? Like his head would just literally bob. And I noticed he was very disengaged. And for me, I was like, all right, this guy's got to go. I'm going to cut him loose. And then I gave him one chance. I told him, I said, listen, I just want to let you know, I've been noticing. And I told him what I just shared with you. He didn't make any excuses. He said, I, I'll, I promise I'll be fine. I'll be better. It's okay. Didn't tell me anything. So then a week goes by, the same, same behaviors. So I pulled him aside again. I said, listen, I, I have to get HR in on this now because we talked about this. I documented this. What's going on? So finally, he discloses to me that he's going through some medical situation, which he should have said in the first place, but he didn't. He was trying to protect it and just didn't want anyone to know. And I explained to him that, you know, privacy is, is the utmost concern of mine. I would never, ever let anyone know that. But he he kind of confided in me. So for me, I had to now have these emotions where, okay, he he's not really doing his job. That's That's the bad part about it. But I had to understand his viewpoint or what he's going through because it's directly impacting his ability to perform. 
So for me, I gave him the day off. I said, don't worry, you know, we'll pay you for the day. Just go home, re- regain your thoughts and so forth and come back. So with that, he came back the next day refreshed. He was taking some meds that were causing him sleepiness and drowsiness. So he stopped that. He got some other prescription. He came to me and thanked me for just understanding. So for me, when I say about empathy, I had never had a boss do that. So for me, I, I've always been like, oh, go forward. You, you should, even if you have a, a bad night's sleep, you should go to work and you should perform. It's That's what you're expected. But I've learned through the years that you do need to be able to empathize with people. You need to be able to understand where they're coming from, because at the end, you know, you want that to be given to you also. So for me, that's something that is is very important in everything I do today. I love that. And it's a great story and a great example, because I, I wonder sometimes, is empathy one of those skills that is acquired through experience? You know, when I'm working with leaders, especially older leaders, it becomes easier because they have had a life experience where they were hoping somebody would be empathetic with them. You know, I'll work with people pre-kids and post-kids, two totally different levels of empathy. Um, And I, I, I will, I'll take one right, I'll step right out and admit this. Before I had kids, you know, it was like, why do I have to do somebody else's job just because they have kids? Why do I have to like, I I mean, every, why does so-and-so get to come in at nine 30 and I got to be out of bed at seven, like all those things. Now I have two kids and it's like, oh gosh, just somebody throwing me a bone once in a while really can make my day because it's not that I'm not doing my best. It's just that there's simply not enough of me to do everything perfect all the time. <laughs> Doesn't that feel amazing? Because you're 100% right. Before I had kids, I would be like, how come I'm doing all this work and they come in at 9, 30, 10 o'clock? You know, and I would be the same way. And then I I, I have three kids. So for me, I started juggling uh, and then starting to build. And then I started becoming the person that was having to come in at 9, 30 or having to stay late because I just didn't have the energy and the wherewithal Uh, So for now, I have a lot of empathy for any working parent doing anything with children and any any age. You know, everybody says younger kids, any any age is a challenge for parents, especially today with everything that's going on in the world today. You know, I feel that, you know, uh, you know, you really need to uh, have that empathy. And it's funny because I've had, I guess, a mix of clientele that have no empathy at the older ages and younger empathy because I have some that are just steadfast and say, this is how it should be. And they're having this utopia that maybe they feel it should be a certain way. And the younger generation needs to get with it. And then I have others like you had mentioned where they're more understanding and they've had help in the past. So they want to do that for others. So it's just an interesting dichotomy. And sometimes it's, it's funny when you're talking about that, I'm just going to share my really quick story on extreme empathy. I have a client out of Halifax, great, great, great leader. And about eight years ago, well, maybe almost 10 now I had a concussion. I had an accident and ended up with this very serious concussion. And so it was very interesting because I have one client again, very large career company client And I said, I'm really struggling with this concussion. And that leader said, listen, I'm in Germany. I need you to meet me at 4.30 or 5 a.m. I was meeting him at 5 a.m. And I'll never forget this. I got on the call with him 
And there was something wrong with the formatting of the slide deck that I sent him. And he just proceeded to chew me out for the slide deck. And, and I'm working with a concussion and I'm getting out of bed at 5 a.m. for this meeting. And I am like, I just got off the line and I was like destroyed, right? But in the same exact breath, the CEO of another company that I work with, I said, I just had this concussion, you know, and he said, I want you to invoice me right now. I don't want you to lose a moment of sleep over cash flow. And you know what, Christine, we just want you to get better when you're ready to come back and do stuff for us. We'll, we'll make it all work in the long run, but I don't want you to stop invoicing me. That, that's incredible. I will never forget that. It was like these two extremes. And I like to this day, I mean, I've even featured people that work for him on the best boss show because I know he's a best boss. Like I just know he's <laughs> that, you know, and it's so special to think that, you know, he had that impact of extreme empathy to the point where I can't forget him. I cannot forget working for him because he was just phenomenal for that. Well, one other thing that he displays, and I don't know the gentleman, but what you're sharing with me makes me believe another quality that a lot of great leaders should have and do have at times is what you're expressing here is gratitude. You know, he's giving you this gratitude that he doesn't want you to lose any money. He doesn't want, he wants you to get well. And I think that is true. Tremendous because a lot of the times people do forget to have that and to display that. And I think that is just such a great story. Thanks so much for sharing that because that was wonderful. You know, you had all those great stories for your other attributes. And I'm like, I happen to know somebody who has your extreme empathy nailed, you know, and you're right. Gratitude. (laughs) And I went on to refer great people into that business. You, You know, I've done anything for him that I can because, you know, that's what's so neat when you work for people who display some of these qualities is like the golden path that follows them, right? That simple moment. He just said, Hey, listen, you know, send me your invoice right now. I'm going to pay it. <laughs> Literally, you know, eight years of loyalty out of me. That's like, you know, bar none. If he calls and says, I need something, it's jump how high. You know, that's great. Absolutely. Of course. And similar to some of these other people, right? Where this extraordinary integrity, right? Like you would, you know, if that person calls you and asks you for something, it's like, how high do you need me to jump? That's the reciprocation. (laughs) You're 100% right. And that's what you get from those experiences. And there's, you know, conversely, there's others that you're like, oh, I don't want to take this call, send that to voicemail. But you are right when you have the ones where you have this fantastic experience. They show the human side of things where, you know, they experience things and want to take care of you and they respected you. So I I think that's wonderful. Right. Very cool. Well, listen, this has been an incredible conversation. I have obviously a ton of questions, but we're just running out of time. The last one I'm going to ask you, though, and I love to ask people this question. I think you gave us so much good meat today. What do you think the financial impact is? of working for a best boss? Because this comes up for me and my business all day long, right? Why would we spend money on supporting people to become a best boss? And so what do you think it is? You know, that's a great question. I, I, I don't know the specific statistics and I'm sure they're out there with respect to you could have a measurable result from having a best boss versus not. I will let you know from my experience from when that experience that I have from that boss who wasn't quote unquote the best boss, but she got things done 
after she left the company, now there were a lot of things that did happen, but I was the person in charge. I essentially took over her role and a couple of other roles just kind of ran things. And I ran things very differently than she did. And I had people literally write to HR, write to the CEO about how I treat them with respect. I work with them. I'm able to roll up my sleeves because that other boss, she didn't do any of that. She just made everyone else do the work and just kind of took all the credit. So I believe that from a financial standpoint, you could have a direct measurable positive result in providing the resources when you do have somebody who is a best boss to continue that, to make sure that that's something that you invest with them to kind of embrace it, to increase how they could become even better and really utilize that. I've seen in my own businesses, the way I've treat people in a positive manner, they want to do more work. They want to be doing things. They ask for more responsibilities. They don't mind working later if they have to. I I just see a positive overall culture like we were talking about. And I just see that they are more willing and able to do things. And that brings more clients. In my type of business, it actually helps where people want to work with that type of outlook and that type of person. So for me, I believe there's a direct positive financial aspect in in an outlook with a best boss that way. Right. Right. No, I think it's absolutely the tr- you know, the truth. And even just when we got on the phone and you mentioned how amazing Grace is, right? It's like, I've been so lucky to retain, you know, and work with her for so many years. And she is, she's, you know, you can't help but love her, right? <laughs> she's just got that gift, right? <laughs> so I always am on a mission to try to keep her happy because, you know, she's, it's such a good example though, of where, you know, you get to hold on to somebody who, who cares you know, Absolutely. cares about so the business. Important. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're doing it for other reasons than financial gain. They care. They want to be a, a part of it. They understand the mission and they just want to be able to make a difference. So yeah, Grace is a keeper. She's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you, James. This was a fantastic interview and I know people are going to get a lot from this conversation. Thank you so much. Christine, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed our conversation as well. And if anybody gets one nugget of information that they could take with them the way I've taken from my bosses, I would be so happy. If you want to hear more, join me at christineleperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip.